Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, November 21st, 2005. Hello everyone, this is Michael Lozen and welcome back to Manager Tools. Today, Mark and I finish our conversation on environmental scans and preparing for potential layoffs. Although not absolutely essential, if you didn't hear last week's show, you may wish to go back and listen to that one first. So, let's not waste any time and get right into the meat of the conversation. So we just finished talking about um, an environmental scan, if you will, to uh, analyze a company, its environment, and both internal and external, and determine when, you know, one of the outcomes of that environmental scan might be, hey, there's potential for a layoff coming. So let me ask you then, what can folks do in advance of a layoff to better prepare? Um, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I'll tell you, Mike, I, I have several answers and I'd love to talk to you about it. I find it fascinating, the, even an hour or two spent on this stuff can make you thousands of dollars because, you know, there's an old saying about, um, I, I don't have to be a thousand percent better than you. Um, or no, 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 no. The, the, the analogy I want to use is the two guys who get assaulted by a bear right. and uh, they're running around and the one guy I don't have to be really put, fast. I just have to be faster than you. Yeah. I just <laughs> only have to be faster than you. And, and you know, you don't have to be great at handling laughs. You just have to be better than everybody else. And I believe the single most important thing that will make you better is having thought about it in advance and, and the length of time. There's a word for this, and I've been trying to think of it all day, and I can't. Um, the length of time between the moment you hear and you start getting your heart rate back to normal, when the fear subsides and you start thinking clearly, the closer that is to zero, the better you're going to do. Yeah. And and that goes back to the whole umbrella story about getting poked with an umbrella but feeling mad all by yourself. If you can control your emotions and say, no, I'm, I'm going to be okay about this. I've thought about this, and here's how I'm going to do Even Here's how I'm going to do it. Even if you're a little bit nervous, it's okay to be nervous. There's nothing wrong with nerves. Um, uh, if you're just not acting while you're scared, if it takes you two minutes and then you catch your breath and say, okay, what's my plan? I'm going to go to that three-page thing that I got from Manager Tools. I'm going to walk through it real quick, and I'll feel that much better about it. You will be noticeably better than the vast majority of people. Um, you know, the, the jokes about in cartoons of people running around like chickens with their head, heads cut off. Um, you know, th- that the one person who is calm in a, in a crisis um, is, is invaluable. Um, so let's talk about a few things that really... Um, really can uh, be helpful. And the great thing about each one of these things is not one of them loses its value if you're not being laid off. If you have this plan in place, you're going to be better all the time, no matter whether you get laid off or not. And you're going to be a better deliverer of the news. Remember, we had the previous podcast about delivering the news. You're going to be that much more effective delivering the news to your team, anybody on your team. And if nobody on your team gets gets the news, then, gosh, 
you're going to be that much better about talking to them about it because your stuff will be in one little bag. You'll have your stuff all squared away. Trying to deliver the news to a team when you're wondering about what your situation is going to be, you're going to be less effective. So these are strategic. These are not reactionary. These are not reactive. These are proactive steps you can take which will help you no matter what. Okay? So the first thing you do, and we've already talked about it, is you update your resume. You definitely need to have your resume updated. And if you've been doing this document, handling this document right, it'll only take a half an hour at most. But it'll be spelled correctly. It'll be grammatically correct. It'll be up to the minute accurate. And in fact, it, the reason I put it first on my list is those people who are manager tools aficionados, our listeners, when they hear update your resume, they say, oh, I've already got that. And that lowers your anxiety almost immediately. You're like, oh, I'm already on my way to thinking about this the right way. And it, it moves closer, you know, it shortens the length of time that you're going to be worried. You know, what's the first thing I do? i got to update my resume. And you breathe a sigh of relief saying, oh, I just did that last month, last quarter. I'm good to go. All I have to do is brush it off and I'm good. It takes you a half an hour as opposed to three nights over the course of a weekend stressed out with you and your spouse worried about all kinds of things. Absolutely. Yeah. Second thing, this is, uh, this is one that will cause a lot of people some surprise. I bet easily half of our audience. You need to make some quick phone calls or send some emails to the recruiters whose calls you normally return. And they say, gee, why would I call a recruiter in my company? Those aren't the recruiters I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about your professional relationships with, corporate, with executive recruiters in your industry. We'll talk about that a little bit because I think um – I, I, I suspect that most of our listeners probably don't have a relationship with outside yep. corporate recruiters, and um, they probably feel some trepidation in doing so. And, and they they believe that doing so is a sign of disloyalty or um, something that's going to come back to haunt them. I, I don't know. There's a lot of reasons why people feel it's a bad thing, but talk about it a little. Is that is that something they should have? Yes, absolutely. It, it is a core part of their career management toolkit. And there's, there's a couple of casts in, in, in that podcast in that very uh, topic, Mike. Um, and we could talk, you know, we talk for hours about it. But look, um, the company's not managing your career anymore. Uh, it's okay to have a career, unlike 40 years ago, it's okay to have a career at five or six different companies. It's not always the most effective way. You know, if you work at Procter & Gamble, you only get hired at the bottom, at the entry level. You can't get hired in the middle. Um, so so you must have a relationship with recruiters in your industry. And if you're wondering now, how do I do it? It's really simple. You ask a few people uh, whom you can trust who won't think that you're leaving your company. Hey, who are the recruiters who you respect and trust? Um, in our cast, we'll talk more about who, which companies are particularly reputable. Um, and you reach out to them and say, look, I'd like to develop a professional relationship relationship and, and go have coffee with four or five or six of them and see which ones you like. Um, there's several of them may tell you, you know, you're not at the level yet where we need to pay attention to you. Uh, but thanks. What will happen is they will start calling you. They may not call you about a job, depending upon where you are in the company, but they may ask you for referrals of people. And a lot of times you're very happy in your company and you can say, hey, Bob, thanks for calling. I'd love to hear, you know, how things are going. And, uh, you know, I'm really not interested. I, I really see myself as staying here at XYZ. But in terms of the position you were talking about, a, a couple of friends of mine whom I think highly of are Joe and Bob uh, and Terry. Why don't you give them a call and tell them that I told you you can call and just, you know, have them consider it. Not, not suggesting they're not doing well, but they may want to look at something like that. Um, in other words, you don't not return calls. You return the call, politely say you're not interested, um, 
And then what that allows you to do is you're perceived as a professional and a respectful person to, by a recruiter. And that way, if the stuff hits the fan and you need a recruiter, you have a relationship, you know which ones you can trust, you know why they're good, and you'll be able to call them and they'll return your call. All right. Just like any other relationship, you create value for them. They're going to create value for you exactly. at some point. And yeah. the, the, the point I was making here is um, you know, call the, call the recruiters whose calls you normally return assumes that you have a relationship with yeah. recruiters. So establishing the relationship at the point where or just shortly prior to a layoff is not the time to establish yeah. the relationship. Yeah, if, if you don't have a connection with them, don't bother. You can ask your network later when you've been laid off, hey, which recruiters do you know? And then you call the recruiter and say, look, I've been laid off, and Joe, my buddy, says you're really good, and I'd like to send you my resume and talk about opportunities. And to tell you the truth, that's not a great way to do it. It's better than nothing. The way to do it is to have a relationship in advance. Yeah, so do yourself. Just take an action item for today. Add it to your, there you go. your Outlook action item or whatever and call and establish a relationship with one recruiter. Just start with one. One. Um, next, you need to be touching base with your network. The moment, you, the moment you're scanning, as we talked about in the last cast, the, the moment you're scanning starts giving you the sense that, hey, we're, we're, maybe we're not certain yet, but we're a lot more likely. Let's be touching base with our network. Now, what we said at the start of this cast, Mike, was this stuff works all the time. Right, so you should be touching base with your network anyway. The time not to be talking to your network is when you're having to remind them of how they know you, right? So that and, and your network is a is something that stays fresh by you reminding yourself every quarter, every couple of months to send an email, make a phone call, whatever the case might be. Um, but uh, you should be calling. Uh, sending emails uh, without mention of the layoff just to make sure that if you do have to ask for referrals in a month or in a few weeks, it, again, won't be when you're trying to remind them of how they know you from a conference you met them at or because they know your brother who works at their company or because a buddy of yours left company X where you work and went to company Y where they work and he says he's a really good guy. Breakfast and lunch meetings. Um, uh, and you know it's always good to send notes to people, uh, and if you include an article that might be of value to them, great. People are shockingly thrilled about that years after it became fairly common knowledge, common practice. Um, every time I send an article to somebody, they're just, please just punch. Uh, that means you have to think about other people, but that's what today's career management skills are all about. And again, these are all things you can do in advance. And if you're doing these things normally, this in conjunction with the strategic scanning we've talked about, you put those two things together, the layoff will mean almost nothing to you other than you may have to move or you, you know, you're going to have to rebuild your, your network at a new company. But it may be a huge opportunity for you. Um, and it will be much more of an opportunity for you to handle yourself well if you're thinking strategically and in advance all the time. And this stuff doesn't take a lot of time. It's not like it's a second job. If you do it regularly, it, it disappears from your radar because you think of it as a, as, a, as a habit as opposed to a project that you have to spend two hours on every two days. Yeah. Um, any project you have to do when you're under stress, like how to get a new job after you've been laid off, you're not going to do very well. Any habit you develop and practice over time, you're going to become very, very good at. Yeah, and I, I suspect, um, although that's not our primary intent right here, those folks who follow these practices will necessarily, oh, not necessarily, but they will, in fact, have a, a high probability of moving companies more frequently in the sense that they're going to have a network where they're offered great jobs. Yes. Um, and as a result of that, 
probably unlikely to end up in the situation that we're talking about, which is in the middle of a, yeah. a layoff where they feel they may be affected. Yeah, it's funny. People say, how, how does that guy go? You know, gosh, things kind of got bad, and he just went from one great job to another one. This is what he was doing. He was scanning the environment. He was paying attention. As things got a little bit hotter, he started touching his network more. He has a really good network. He stays in touch with people. He gives before he expects to get, and he's ready when it happens. Simple as that. Yeah, and and, and these things, we talk scan the network. These We're not talking about identifying, <clears throat> although it's possible one could identify there's going to be a layoff, you know, just a, a series of weeks behind, be, before the actual layoff. These things are, they generally don't happen overnight in, in the course of weeks. We're talking, you know, months out. You can identify right. these are some pretty significant major trends. So the more astute and the more in tuned with this environmental scan you are, you're going to have plenty of time to, to act on it. Yep. Yep. Okay, next. This is a really granular one, but, but it's powerful. Um, you need to print out the contact information from your corporate company-owned computer. Um, you know, we're not suggesting you steal software. Please don't take that away from this. But probably if your company's using Outlook, you can highlight 30 or 40 contacts or, you know, don't be discriminate. If you can come up with 100 people that you know, go ahead and put them in a contact folder and print them out. Um, please don't walk out of the building with a bunch of disks that somebody might have a concern about. You know, don't burn a bunch of CDs. Um, you know, printed is fine. Yes, you may have to enter them in later. Um, uh, if you can get them onto your Palm Pilot, great. Um, but but when your Palm Pilot's at home, you need to get them printed out because they're probably going to take your your BlackBerry, your Trio, whatever. If it's a corporate thing, they may take it from you. Um, so don't assume that you're going to have all the email addresses that you take for granted at home and on the road on the weekends and so on. Don't assume you're going to have those things. So yeah, content. I think the point here is that if you spend any deal of time at all in an organization. You know, your your life becomes embedded in yes. Outlook or your PDA or whatever. And if that's a, a corporate asset that could be taken away from you at a moment's notice, that's you know that's almost like somebody stripping the clothes off your back. Yes. Um, so people and, 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 and I think what what that means, Mike, is it's absolutely fair to say in that situation, um, I'm not stealing anything to go in here and to print out some stuff that will be valuable to me because I've essentially put a bunch of stuff in in terms of value, and I want to get it back. And and I have to say this, I know it's probably dark humor, but my brother Walt just sent me um, a, a Dilbert cartoon which is so classic. It's a three-panel cartoon, and the first one, the guy says, he's standing in front of the pointy-eared boss, and he says, um, you know, first thing this morning, my key card doesn't work, and I have to tailgate into the building. And the second panel, he says, and then my network password doesn't work, and then I can't log on. Um, and then in the third panel, with the pointy-haired boss with a really innocent but knowing look on his face, kind of embarrassed, the the, the employee says, is there anything else that's going to stop working here today? Well, th- this person clearly doesn't know what's coming, and it's dark humor that may not be terribly appropriate. But the point is, when it happens, you're not going to have access to this stuff. And you're going to feel a bit of, uh, a bit of uh, resentment to the company. Wow, I put family information in there. When I was fired, Mike, I was denied access to my computer, and I had all my nieces and nephews' birthdays and uh, uh, sizes of clothes for my kids and all kinds of stuff that I, I couldn't get to, and, and personal contact information that was in there that I had used because I was working constantly for the company, and it was all gone. And I resented the fact um, that I couldn't get to it. 
and I understood why they weren't letting me in there. Um, but but the fact is, you need to take some time and print out those things that you want. Don't walk out with 250 printed pages. Don't do that. We want you to be sensitive. We want you to be smart about it. Okay. Last step: um, sit down with your spouse. If your radar, if your strategic scanning is telling you you've got a concern here, sit down with your spouse and say, "Hey, um, my sense is that things are getting a little bit hotter at work than maybe they used to be six months ago." Um, talk about when it might happen, how likely it is. Um, it's very likely that you do not communicate well with your spouse regarding the status of your career. No offense, folks, but most people don't do this well. Um, you know, you're not taught it. Uh, your spouse, your relationship with your spouse is one based on emotion. Uh, the relationship at work is based on skills. Those are very hard things to, to, uh, connect sometimes. Uh, do not think that waiting because you don't want to alarm him or her is good. Um, yes, it may increase some anxiety, and you may have to consider your spouse's natural inclination around things like this. Um, but but if you were to say to your spouse today you got laid off, I saw this coming a couple of months ago, but didn't say anything because I didn't want to alarm you. That's <laughs> probably not going to be well. It's not going to be appreciated. Um, so you might as well just go ahead and start the process now, so that when if it does happen, and we, gosh, we hope it never does. If it does actually happen. Um, he will be prepared, she will be prepared, as you will be, and you will both be more effective. And and, and now, this is all stuff you can do in advance. We, you know, Mike, we got th- a couple of more shows about, okay, in the moment where you get the notice, what does that sound like? Um, that's a critical one. Um, and then how to handle finances. There's probably, you know, another cast just in that in terms of and negotiating severance. That's probably a, a half-hour podcast all by itself. But those things are in the future. Hey, Mark, you shared with me an idea earlier about a, a scanning tool. I don't know if you've had time to think yeah, about it and in look, you all know its details. But. You're the guru of technical stuff, and, and, and uh, I, don't, I don't know that this will work yet or not. And I, Quite frankly, I'd love to hear what our, our listeners uh, think about this or if they have any ideas. You recently suggested that I set up a personalized homepage on Google, uh, which I did, uh, and it allows me to personalize New York Times and Sports Illustrated and some, some RSS feeds from manager tools and so on. Really very, very helpful. Um, and it, it just... It, it, I can immediately get a quick scan of things, and I normally look at the Wall Street Journal homepage, um, but it's but it's full of all kinds of customizable content that you can put on the page, and it occurs to me that that would probably be a kludgy way of doing it, but I bet it's very closely related to something that's already out there that would be what amounts to a personalized scanning page for our for our. Uh, listeners. And, and I, I'm not averse at some point to us creating something that would allow them to do that. But right now we haven't done that. But essentially a page, much like a, a Google personalized homepage that would say, you know, what have our earnings been? So you have that data there, you know, you can you can protect the data that was there from the previous quarter. So you can compare this quarters to previous quarters. What other industry uh, merger activity or information is there? Um, gosh, you could certainly put in all the companies. There are a thousand places you can get information about companies. Um, and I can't imagine you'd have to pay for it, where you could get uh, every single uh, press release from top companies and have it delivered to a, a web page in some fashion like that. Um, no, that makes absolutely. There's tools out there. Um, well, I have to give some thought, but off the top of my head, um, PubSub.com. You can go ahead and say, say that again, Mike. Subscribe. I didn't get it. Uh, PubSub.com. 
PubSub. Which is, mm-hmm. Okay. And you can you can go in and create a, essentially you create a custom RSS feed if I recall correctly, um, and you enter in a search term, and then you get um, feedback as you know as they scan articles and blogs etc. They'll add to the RSS feed um, that information. Um, Gotta be G A D A B E is another um, search tool that you can take the results of the search and embed it in an RSS feed, of which all these personalized home pages allow you to to add RSS feeds. So I think I think you're you're right on the the money there. I think via RSS and search technology, one could embed on your personalized homepage searches that would do a pretty good environmental scan. At yeah. least externally, as to what's being said about your company, industry, et cetera, that'd be a that'd be a cool thing to play around with. I think something else. You know, I get several f- friends of mine who are in Wall Street mergers, acquisitions, investment bankers, and so on. They routinely send out send out emails saying, "Here's our recommendation of strong buy or buy or sell or hold or whatever on corporations." And I have some friends. Yeah, I, I get those, business. even though I don't ask for them. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I. I <laughs> Spam. A lot. I'm sure I get a lot of them, and I delete them. But there's one guy who's very, very successful, and he he kindly sends me his stuff, even though I'm not an investor at the level that he normally supports. But I'd be willing to bet that there's a way to go out there and find out who those people are and sign up for email alerts. You know, Wall Street Journal, you can certainly do it. Email alerts about you know name five companies, and they'll let you know. Well, I'm not suggesting you want to be deluge with email, but there may be a way to put all this stuff together. Um, and I, again, I, I feel bad. This is not a clearly formatted tool yet and something that probably in some future version of, of manager tools will be able to deliver um, but just a, a place where you can go and routinely look at all this data aggregated in a way that will allow you to have strategic to see the strategic implications thereof um, yeah we, well Mel, maybe there's one of our listeners who yeah have thought a little bit about this and can propose something either send us an email if you have something or leave it on our uh, voicemail hotline if you will and um, we can share that with the rest of our listeners, but it's yeah. a great it's a great idea in terms of adding another tool that can help you with the environmental scan and making it um, somewhat automatic, so you don't even have to think about it. Right, right. Um, and by the way, those listeners who have been who have been writing us, we always appreciate that feedback. Thank you. Uh, you do tend to get quicker responses if you tell us how much you like the show. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but hopefully our responses have been helpful to you. Uh, we tried, you know, sometimes we do get a lot of email from people and it's hard to give detailed responses to your particular manager. But for the most part, we find that y'all are sensitive to the fact that we're doing this uh, when we can on Saturdays and Sundays and nights and weekends. Um, so, uh, uh, we we love that interchange. Mike and I have been talking a lot about open source and the democratization of information, and uh, we hope to be utilizing that even more and, and, and leveraging the entire community that we're building here. We're getting thousands of downloads a day, um, and uh, we want to leverage the community because there are a lot of smart people out there listening, and um, uh, maybe that one of you has this solution already worked up in, in some other format, and you could easily make it available to everybody. We'd love to hear about that. Very cool. Um, and, and, hey, on so, a let's say on a on a on a, a sadder note, um, I know Peter Drucker was one of your and mine um, favorite authors and management gurus. Um, yep. Uh, I'm you know I'm sorry I'm sure that it was uh, particularly disheartening to you to hear of his passing here yeah. recently. Yeah, he passed over the weekend. Uh, it was Friday actually, and uh, 
I'll tell you something. Um, there was a, there's a story about a uh, shopkeeper in New York City that uh, the day that President Kennedy was assassinated, he put up a sign in the shop that says closed due to a death in the family. Um, Peter Drucker was the smartest guy I've ever read about management and leadership. Um, just a, a body of work that is mind-bogglingly um, uh, broad and deep and complex and simple at the same time. One of his paragraphs alone uh, is worth entire shelves of books, um, books like Leadership Secrets of Attila the Hun, for instance. He invented the phrase knowledge worker. He invented management by objective. Um, he believes that macroeconomics is largely overrated. Um, you know, he's just a, a brilliant, brilliant man. And, um, and I think that uh, in the next 20 or 30 years, people are going to start realizing his strategic thoughts are going to have even more value. The stuff that he was thinking in the 1940s and 50s is still valid today because he knew it didn't make any sense to think about the 40s. It was better to think about stuff that would last forever. Um, and and I, I, I'm glad you mentioned it because it reminds me of something that uh, we've we said before. It was in our, ca- our podcast for registered listeners, and we encourage you, if you're not registered, to come register to the website so we, you can take advantage of the, the monthly cast that we provide um, only to registered users. Um, in that last one, we talked about books, and I believe I said pretty forcefully that the greatest management book ever was The Effective Executive. The reason that book is so powerful is in the first 20 or 30 pages, I'm not exactly sure where, Drucker makes the case that the one resource that executives must husband carefully, and of course so many don't, is time. And if you haven't done a study of your time yet and compared what you say your priorities are to what your actual work is, you're missing a huge strategic opportunity. And we've been talking in these last couple of uh, casts about strategic thinking, about thinking more broadly about your career and the impacts that that your industry and your company might have on you. Drucker is the guy who would echo this 10 times over. And what he would say is, you need to know what it is your company's doing and your industry's doing and how you fit into that. And you have to start by looking at your time. And if you know that you're spending 80% of your time on X, then X is your priority. Um, and I believe that it, that one of the corollaries of Drucker's thinking is the reason so many managers are so frustrated is because they don't feel like they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And you can blame that on your manager all you want. You can say, well, she asked me or he asked me to go do this, that, or the other thing, and I'm, I feel like I'm nothing more than an extension of his left arm or his right arm, whatever. Okay, fine. But you can still carve out time to say, when I'm not at his beck and call, I am going to do what I believe is most important. I was consulting to a client last week, and uh, this particular executive, she said to me, Mark, I really want to take my organization in this direction. I said, why aren't you? She said, well, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of afraid. I'm not, not certain that it's the right thing to do. I said, please, whatever you do. If you're going to be in trouble, worst case, if you're going to be fired, gosh darn it, be fired for doing what you want to do. The last thing you want to do is be punished or not have a great career because you were doing what somebody else wanted you to do. If you're going to be in trouble, be in trouble for doing what you believe is the right thing to do. Um, And Drucker would say, 
choose what your priorities are, and then make your calendar reflect it. Um, we've already talked about time management to some degree, and we'll come back to it, and we'll do a couple of shows, I'm sure, on getting things done. But Peter Drucker will tell you the first thing you've got, the most precious thing you've got is time. And if I can suggest one thing, I'm not Peter Drucker, but if there's one thing I can suggest, most managers have not yet learned how to say no. If you learn how to say no effectively, you will get back time, and that will make you much better at handling at allowing your time to truly reflect what your, you say your priorities are. And I could go on about Drucker, but I encourage those of you who are out there to get the effective executive, if you haven't already done so, read it and, uh, and apply some of his principles and discover how smart the guy was. Yeah. All right. Thanks, my friend. My pleasure, sir. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Manager Tools, and we hope to see you all again back next week. In the meantime, feel free to give us uh, feedback. You can send out an email to show at manager-tools.com, or you can go to the website, www.manager-tools.com, and leave it there. In addition, you can leave it on our audio feedback line, and uh, we're actually dying to get somebody to uh, leave us a question or feedback on the uh, audio feedback line so we can actually include that in the show. So our feedback line is 206-202-7376. Thanks again, and we'll see you all again next week.